Audio Wrangling is a sister site to Audio Angling, which allows people with angling and related topics to express them freely, as an insight into what some of the issues were in the early part of the 21st century. My name's Phil Williams, and this is the 2014 recording with Graham Pullen, on the topic of problems to fish and fisheries from terrestrial predators. Well, I suppose to some extent, all anglers have got something to have a good old moan about. It's either going to be the vagaries of the British weather, it's too windy, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too warm, whatever it is. Let's face it, with the sport of fishing, almost everybody's got some form of excuse for not catching the fish. But now, on the freshwater scene, our species, especially in the rivers, are under more threat than they've ever been before. Now, what's going to happen about putting this right, I do not know. But we have what's called I'm going to call them invasive species. Now, the cormorants, you would think, are indigenous to the British Isles, which indeed they would be in coastal regions. But they've been moving because we've been, as humans, taking more and more of their food resource in the shape of commercial fishing boats, removing their food resource. So what are they going to do? They're going to move and move and move and look for a new food source. And, of course, they don't go further out to sea because there's less and less in the sea, so they've gone inland. When they start flying inland, they realise that there's anglers fishing lakes where the angling clubs have taken a great deal of trouble and indeed cash in not only maintaining a stock level that that lake should have, but increasing it in the face of, let's say, popular demand for day ticket commercial high intensity fisheries. So what I'm trying to say is for a cormorant, that's like us living inside a supermarket 24-7. The food's just on the shelf for them to take. So once they start swimming around in fresh water, which is possibly a lot clearer than the, than the sea or the ocean water, they see all these fish that are confined there. Don't forget, they are actually confined in a lake. Uh, well, why would they leave? So my theory would be they are never, ever going back to the sea. There is a complete breeding population of cormorants now inland in the British Isles that are just living, reproducing and growing in huge numbers. And of course, from there for the gravel pits and easy access to the lakes, they go into our rivers. Now, a lot of fisheries and a lot of clubs, they don't stop rivers. They tend to stop lakes more because I suppose they know that those fish are enclosed and aren't going anywhere, and therefore their financial resource is enclosed. With a river, fish can go up and down. So you could stop one stretch, i.e. your club stretch, and the fish will swim down to somebody else's stretch and they get the benefit. I can fully understand that. But the rivers we have are a natural resource, and these cormorants just eat the life out of everything. So they need shooting, let's face it, they're not going to beat around the bush here. They need thinning out, I don't care how you thin them out, they need thinning out. They need stopping coming inland, their numbers need reducing, because whatever invasive species you've got, if it comes in, it will be 100% to the detriment of some other species. It's just the way the ecology of the world works, one species will dominate another one. And talking of world domination in species, what about the nana, the idiot, the twit that must have released signal crayfish into our waters? This is possibly one of the most destructive creatures known to man, certainly known to me as a fisherman, as an angler. They go along the bottom, they'll kill our traditional crayfish, the red signals will be more aggressive and will kill the white crayfish, but more important, they will take tiny little pin fry that have just been hatched out, and they eat all the eggs that are being reproduced anyway. So signal crayfish, well, 
I guess dynamite, would that be a way? No, because that will kill all the fish as well. But they need removing. Just as a guide, one of my local clubs actually put a load of traps out. They had a session going for the red signal crayfish. And then from one section of the lake, one section, they removed one tonne of red signal crayfish. A tonne. And that's just in one club deal, one test session. So they are just like a plague. They are like a virus. They need removing. (sighs) Who knows how they're ever going to get out of there, but why we can't be allowed or licensed to trap them, because you do need a license to fish for crayfish, as I understand it. The reason being, if everybody went out and targeted the red signal crayfish and ate them or sold them for food, they'd also be targeting our traditional white crayfish, which I fully understand. But something's got to be done to get these crayfish out of the water, as far as I'm concerned. If they did a a sort of cooking and everybody had a fun day out and managed to catch as many as they could and uh, either sold them to Chinese restaurants, I'm sure they know how to cook them, that's for sure, or indeed had a barbecue yourself, you know, and boil them up, cook them up, you could have a bit of fun and remove them as well. Of course, they will never, ever be eradicated totally because they will have already laid eggs in that water and the cycle will begin again. And cycles, let's continue with the rant on the pressure on rivers. What about the otters? Now, they do look pretty. They're like seals. They have great big eyes. and They possibly as much as a seal. I don't know. Seals can really decimate commercial fishermen or indeed a, a local fishery population. And because they're protected, well, there's no natural predation on them. We don't have the great white sharks to eat the seals. What do we have to uh, control their numbers? Well, nothing. Because the humans possibly might have killed them years ago for food or skins back in the Ice Age. And what do we do? Nothing. We protect them. So they're going to grow like crazy. And I would say a close cousin in the freshwater would be the otter. So, very nice, very twee, very green, as it were, to replace some of the stock. Put some otters in the water. Now, that's great. The same situation occurs. Because they're all lovely and fluffy and pretty eyes and whiskers, they get protected. So what's their natural predation? Well, they don't have one. Because humans will be the natural predators to them, one assumes. Now, they're just left to run right through their rivers. Now, a lot of people think, oh, that's really bad, Grandma. I love the pretty little otters. But do you realise that if there's a barbel into double figures and that fish has been living in the river for, let's say, 10 to 14 years or more, along comes Mr Otter, he would rip the guts out of that fish and leave it virtually swimming live to go float down the river dead. He only eats the soft flesh. So what they do, the otter, they'll grab the easiest piece, the softest piece of meat they can. They won't necessarily decimate the whole fish. So they have reduced a 10 to 15-year-old fish to not even a skeleton, a few bites, and they let it float away downstream. Am I telling porcupines? No, I'm not. Ask other anglers. There's plenty of cases, well documented, where the otter has just taken bites out of a a beautiful specimen fish and just left it to to die and float and rot down the stream. One assumes then it attracts rats. Oh, we're back in. I can have a rant about rats. It could be a rat rant. Let's have another one. Or should we save that for another episode? Anyway, there's three little rants for you, and indeed, they are just incredible pressures on a limited resource, a finite resource, on our beautiful British rivers. No wonder anglers are struggling, finding it hard to catch fish, because at the bottom end of the chain, you've got the red signal crayfish, is taking the eggs of our coarse fish, is taking the fry itself, is in a boom situation, it's reproducing and spreading throughout the systems, lakes, canals, rivers, gravel pits, all over. And then you get the next size fish of, say, half a pound to two pounds. And you think, oh, well, at least there's one year class that is safe. 
Uh, no, it's not, because that's the perfect size for slotting down the throat of a cormorant, and they eat pounds and pounds of fish a day. So you think, well, maybe the big old fish, the traditional ones that we've held on to for years and years and years, for decades, they're safe as well. Uh, sorry, they're not, because the otters are ripping the insides out of the giant fish and just letting the rest float away. They're not even eating the whole fish. What's the answer? I don't know. It's got to be something sorted out by the EA and the government. Something has to be done. Of course, they're not down the rivers. They don't know what's going on, do they? They're government officials. The EA are down there. They're probably shackled, I guess, by popular demand for otters, etc. But something needs to be done. I think the EA needs to get out there, produce some proper figures on the damage done to all these other coarse fish. I'd like to know what good there is, what good, what benefit is the British Isles getting from cormorants, otters, and red signal crayfish, weigh up the pros and the cons, the fors and the against, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure the against is definitely going to be, well, <laughs> highly numbered with this invasive species.